Hey guys, and welcome back to Caffeine and Crime. Can I just say that today is a really exciting episode because a year ago today, December 31st, is when the very first episode of Caffeine and Crime went live. And I still remember it was the uh, Brooke Schuyler Richardson, I believe is her name, but I remember the case like it was yesterday. Um, it was like, I was so torn on that being my first case to like even talk about, but um, from there it obviously has grown into something much more than just a true crime podcast. And I know I haven't been very present um, the last couple of months, but I am back full force and uh, this week's episode is on today because I was like, you just have to. On the birthday of Caffeine and Crime, that's when the episode has to go up for this week. So I hope you guys enjoy this. It is still spooky season, so we're going to be talking about a haunted place, but I am really excited to do it on Caffeine and Crime's birthday. I am pre-recording this a little bit, so we will see how everything goes, but this should be up on the 31st. And... Um, I hope you guys all have an amazing start of the new year. I don't want to jinx anything, so um, I just say let's jump into this new year like some badasses and that we're not going to take shit. <laughs> uh, but today we're going to be talking about the Chateau Marmont. Mormont? Is that how you say it? Mormont? I feel like I'm like so fancy when I say that. Um, but... It is a very scandalous place. Um, for 90 years, Hollywood's Chateau Marmont Hotel has kept guard over Sunset Boulevard, providing a discreet haven for celebrities, rock stars, writers, and artists to let loose and be themselves in private, away from the prying eyes. And they are definitely very strict on this. Um, I've seen different YouTubers go and stay, of course, but they say when you get there, there's no phones, no videos, nothing like that is allowed in the premises unless you are in your own individual room. They're very, very strict about it. Um, from what they were saying, you're not allowed to have your phones out. Even at dinner time, nothing, because so many celebrities go there to even have a decent meal at a restaurant where they're not being bombarded with photos and autographs and stuff like that. Like, it's just like a very chill place. If you're there, you know, you're expected to have a good time and to not feel like you're this high-class celebrity that everybody's going to surround, but at the same time, you're at such a bougie place that a lot of the time <laughs> it is like other celebrities there dining with you or around you. Um, from what I could see, if you wanted to stay the night here for one person, it starts at like 400 and something dollars a night um, and then goes up from there. But actually a lot of people have like lived at the Chateau Marmont for like good amount of time. And I was Googling some different things and it says, can you live there? And it says starting at, at 9, 11 a night, you can take your pick from 63 rooms that they have, including 23 suites and four bungalows. But to really go for the A-list Hollywood vibe, opt to number 64, the two bedroom penthouse with a 15 square foot terrace, which can be yours at a mere $4,500 per night. Man, you can go live that bougie life. <laughs> the Chateau Marmont was built in 1929, so it has been around for a while, it is known as one of Los Angeles's historic cultural 
monuments. And unlike the other parts of this season where I've explained my gratitude for these places and having so much details on their websites, this is one that does not. You literally go to their website and just this page comes up and you can't go anywhere with it unless you go to book a room or go to the gift shop to buy something. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, they're not really helping me out much. But um, from what I've seen from their website, from what I could get from other things, is the fact that um, they're always open and it says always providing a safe haven since 1929. They do have some merch <laughs> if you're into that. But besides that, there's not much info or history or anything on their website. I'm sure, or maybe there's some history. Like if you actually go, maybe they'll have some history on like, you would think they would on like celebrities and stuff that have stayed there, but who really knows? Um, but the place is very scandalous. And maybe that's why they don't put a lot out there because they talk about how they want it to be your secret getaway. You know, you don't have to... It's a safe haven. You can come here and expect to feel safe and not be bombarded with paparazzi and stuff like that. And because of that, a lot of scandalous things have happened here. And I do have a little bit of the uh, scandalous secret history of the Chateau Marmont. Um, for 90 years, Hollywood's Chateau Marmont Hotel has kept guard over Sunset Boulevard. Like we had just said, it wasn't always this glamorous hotel um, or the most expensive hotel in LA, but it is and was one of the most infamous places for celebrities to be. Anyone who was anyone in this town had a Chateau Marmont story to tell. This is coming from the townandcountrymag.com. Um, they said that the president of Columbia Pictures, Harry Kahn, once said, if you must get into trouble, go to the Mormont. In Sean Levy's new book, The Castle on Sunset, Life, Death, Love, Art, and Scandal at Hollywood's Chateau Marmont, which is actually going to be adapted into an HBO series by John Krasinski, I think is how you pronounce that. Um, the author, not to be confused with the filmmaker of the same name. Okay, so it's a different, it's an author, not the filmmaker. But um, anyways, it's going to be storied, it's going to be into the storied hotel's rich, colorful, and oftentimes painful history. So that's kind of cool. I'm kind of looking forward to that. I definitely want to get my hands on this book and read more about it there too. You guys know I'm a bookworm. But um, this website has 10 of the most scandalous tells from behind the Marmont's tall hedges. So the first one is Billy Wilder, which if you didn't know is a famous, um, I, I believe like a director. We'll get into it in a minute, but he slept in the lobby bathroom. <laughs> and at first I'm like, okay, maybe this, you know, they talk about these secrets at the Marmont. So I'm like, is this the type of ordeal where like, he had a little too much to drink and ended up sleeping in like the bathroom. No, you guys. So before he became one of the most famous filmmakers of Hollywood's golden age with credits including The Seven Year Itch, Sunset Boulevard, Some Like It Hot, and The Apartment, for which he became the first person to win producing, screenwriting, and directing Oscars for the same film, he was a budding writer 
fleeing Hitler's Germany in the 1930s. By 1934, he had made his way to Hollywood. He stayed at the Chateau Marmont three times. The first time was in the cheapest and windowless room they had. Then he left to visit his mother in Europe, and when he returned, the hotel was completely sold out. As a compromise, he was allowed to stay in a closet-sized, like, little chamber of a woman's lobby restroom. So, like, in the woman's room. Um, he said it was a small room, but it had six toilets. <laughs> His status was upgraded by the time he came back for a third stay, this time with his wife, Judith, um, and they got a suite with a view. That is too funny. I guess, you you know, you just gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do until you make it. <laughs> Howard Hughes um, exhibited lots of inappropriate behavior, apparently. Erwin Bre Breder? I'm not really sure how you pronounce their last name, was the third owner of the uh, Chateau Marmont um, and instilled a policy of openness and tolerance stemming from his firsthand experience seeing the rise of anti-Semitism in his native Germany during World War II. But according to Levy, Howard Hughes wasn't on board. He writes, Howard was so adverse to interacting with the hotel's black employees that he would go to rigorous lengths to avoid any contact with them. Ugh, scum. Parking his car out on the street when a black parking valet was on duty in the garage and climbing the stairs to the penthouse rather than share close quarters with the black elevator operator. What a scumbag. It was the beginning of the business magnet and director's descent into mental illness. He also had a habit of using his penthouse view to spy on girls sunbathing in the pool with binoculars. So he overall was class A, apparently. The next one is Desi Arnaz, who stayed at the Chateau Marmont whenever he fought with his wife, Lucille Ball. Too funny. I guess that's a private place where you would want to go, but it's like now everybody knows. <laughs> Um, they became famous as the endearing Lucy and Ricky Ricardo on I Love Lucy, but behind the scenes, the marriage of Desi and Lucille was hardly as cute or funny. He would constantly cheat. She would find out, they would fight, and he would escape to a suite at the Mormont. Eventually, they would make up, then the whole cycle would start again. One time, according to legend, the two were arguing on the terrence of his suite with a briefcase when a briefcase was thrown, a burst open and a shower of cash rained down Sunset Boulevard. Oh my gosh. That's insane and hilarious. Rebel Without a Cause wouldn't have been made without the Chateau Marmont. One of the most iconic films of the decade was largely written, conceived, cast, rehearsed, and in some ways lived on the grounds of the Marmont, writes Levy. In 1952, writer-director Nicholas Ray moved into a bungalow after finding his second wife, actress Gloria Graham, in bed with his 13-year-old son, Tony, from his first marriage. Oh my god. I did not see that coming. How is that even, like, a thing, though? Like, 13 years old? I'm speechless. 
like I get like that shit happens and stuff, but it's like he moves out. Like I kind of want to know a follow up. Like what happened there? What happened to Gloria? Ugh, disgusting. It says he rebounded quickly with stars like Joan Crawford, Marilyn Monroe, Jane Mansfield, and more. Not long after he got his studio pitch for Rebel Without a Cause, approved and began meeting actors and screenwriters, Ray met James Dean. Then writer Stuart Stern entered the mix and began work on the screenplay. Ray was big on entertaining industry folk and his bungalow and hosted Sunday gatherings where Dean, Dennis Hopper, and other actors would often show up. As the movie script progressed, Ray started to use his bungalow as a rehearsal space. And I don't know if this article is going to go into it, but I did read something where to get to seal the deal on the part, James Dean actually jumped out of a window, I guess, or busted through a window at the Chateau Marmont um, to get the part and rebel without a cause, which is just, I guess, another funny thing that happened at the Chateau Marmont. I'm sure the owner didn't think it was that funny, though. <laughs> Um, then there was Nicholas Ray's affair with a 16-year-old Natalie Wood. Here we go again. What is up with this? Like, I get like it's in the 50s, but I don't know. It's just so crazy to think like that was such a thing then. Like, marrying young, getting with people like that young. Like, among the Sunday gathering set was Natalie Wood, who was desperate to shed her goody-two-shoes image and get herself cast in Ray's movie. She would make a point of showing up wherever Ray was. He took her out to dinner a few times, and then they eventually became lovers. He was 27 years her senior. Um, during one of Ray's bungalow parties, Wood took a liking to the 18-year-old Dennis Hopper. After a night of partying together, the two got into a car accident on the way back to the Marmont. At the hospital, Wood told directors to call Ray. When the director arrived, she said, they called me a goddamn juvenile delinquent. Now do I get the part? Betty Davis almost burned down the hotel twice. <laughs> in 1958, the actress fell asleep in her bungalow while watching one of her old movies and lit the room on fire with her cigarette. Actor Lou Jacob, Jake, Lou Jacob? Um, staying next door, saw smoke coming out the window and probably saved her life. The entire hotel had to be evacuated. It happened again a few years later when an electrical short set off an alarm. She never went back. <laughs> uh, Led Zeppelin's wild partying got them kicked out of the main building. During their visit in 1968, the band's loud partying, constant flow of girls, they stole a food cart to transport nude girls from one room to another, and repeated calls to room surface for more alcohol got them moved into a bungalow, but their stay was relatively tame, writes Levy. In the early 60s, the actor and singer Richard Harris was banned forever when he returned to the hotel drunk and was around banging on guest doors yelling that a nuclear bomb had dropped. The next morning, he found his belongings on the curb. And then there was Jim Morrison, who stayed at the Marmont in 1970, a year before his death. In addition to the booze and drugs, he had a habit of swinging between windows and balconies using tree limbs and drain pipes. He tried to do it here and fell two stories. There's also stories of them riding into the hotel lobby on their motorcycles. 
Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski moved out of the Chateau Marmont six months before the Manson murders, which I have not touched based on here on this podcast, but I'm sure you guys know the story. In the late 60s, Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski, young, newlywed, and in love, took up residence at the Chateau Marmont. They would host parties on Friday nights, bringing together their group of friends that included Warren Betty, uh, Jack Nicholson, and Mia Farrow. When Tate became pregnant in early 1969, the two decided to move into a proper house. She thought it would be inappropriate to raise a newborn in a hotel. That February, they found 10050 Celio Drive, which had just been left by Candace Bergen and Terry Melcher after their breakup. Mr. and Mrs. Polanski then went to Europe to shoot Tate's new movie, and by her eighth month, she decided to return to California while Polanski stayed behind. Tate, her unborn child, and her friends would be the victims of brutal murders by members of Charles Manson's cult. In a cruel twist of fate, it was really Melcher that Manson was targeting because the record producer had stopped helping Manson develop his aspiring musical career. The 60s ended abruptly on August 9th, 1969, wrote Joan Didion. So, um, yeah. So Charles was after Melcher, and that was the pre-owners of the house but really when they came to kill they were killing another whole family so awful either way it's so awful but just such a tragic thing the tragic deaths of john belushi and helmut newton happened here 33 year old comedian john belushi um, was already in bad shape by the time he checked into his bungalow in February of 1982. His aggressive drug use was already well known, but tolerated around town. His wife Judy and best friend Dan attempted to get him help when they could. Robert De Niro and Robin Williams were among the last people to see Belushi alive. He was found unconscious in his room on March 5, 1982 by his personal trainer and bodyguard, Bill Wallace. Needle marks on his arm indicated an overdose. It wasn't long before the media got wind and paparazzi swarmed the hotel. For years after, the Chateau Marmont would be known as a place where John Belushi died. In 2004, the hotel was the site of another tragic loss when Helmut Newton, the legendary fashion photographer, seemingly lost control of his car coming out of the Marmont garage and fatally crashed into a wall. It was later revealed that he had had a heart attack that caused the accident. So sad. Um, there was also the Mormons hashtag me too moment. In 2017, the New York Times published a report article detailing the numerous sexual assault allegations that took place at the Chateau Marmont, unfortunately. Um, but a place like that, you know, it has more secrets than good ones. Um, not long after, the Times ran another story, this time about the pred predatory behaviors of fashion's most famous photographers with graphic details about how Mario Testino used his hotel room at the Chateau Marmont as ground zero for sexual assault. If you wanted to work with Mario, you needed to do a nude shoot at the Chateau Marmont, said model Jason Fidelli. So there's a little bit of the history with celebrities and such. 
Um, I definitely have a little bit more. Some history that I didn't know about it was that it was originally built in the 1920s as Los Angeles's first earthquake-proof apartment building, but then grew into what it is now. The hotel's reputation as the place to go to misbehave dates back to the days of the motion picture code of the 1930s and the purity sill of 1934. The code specified not only what could and could not be shown on screen, but also its expectations of a star's behavior off camera. Studios would rent apartments and rooms at the Chateau Marmont to express purpose of having someplace safe for their stars to engage in somewhat nasty little habits they had. The famous example being Harry Kahn, head of Columbia Pictures, telling two of his randiest young stars, William Holden and Glenn Ford, if you must get into trouble, do it at the Chateau Marmont. Um, like I had read before. But when it wants to, Hollywood can be exceptionally good at keeping its own secrets. The Chateau, with its own eccentric and highly personal history, was the perfect co-conspirator. With its external experience of appearance of a castle or gothic fort combined with its residential past, incredibly thick walls, discreet entry, and highly protective staff who treated guests like members of the family. The Chateau Marmont became the ideal hideout. European guests found the architecture uh, familiar and comforting. Sexual outsiders felt accepted and emotionally shy were shielded, and anyone else with a reason to hide simply blended into the woodwork. From the start, there was a feeling of a shared sensibility. Breaking the code of discretion can get you banned, by the way, so it would be entirely impossible to chronicle every misdeed or sad story that ever has gone down at the Chateau Marmont. And probably half of these stories um, are, you know, not even like told. I'm sure there's so much that we don't even know. Um, some more that I'm seeing from another website, la.curb.com. Um, some we've already read, but there is some more on here. Um, this one does show the members of the Led Zeppelin rode their motorcycles through the lobby in the 1960s. Um, it's wildly said that F. Scott Fitzgerald had a heart attack at the Chateau in the late 1930s, um, but it's actually happened across the street at the Schwab's drugstore while he was buying a pack of cigarettes. Um, here we go. In 1955, James Dean supposedly jumped through a window to audition for Rebel Without a Cause. Director Nicholas Ray lived in a bungalow at the time where he was having an affair with the underage Natalie Wood. There are a few stories or probably one muddled story about Jim Morrison of The Doors having a rough time getting into or out of the building. He supposedly jumped off either a roof or terrace, but was so high he walked away fine. And he also supposedly spent the eighth of his nine lives falling from a drain pipe that he'd been using to try to swing in from the roof. These people were not just like doing scandalous things on the inside. They were like animals <laughs> on the actual building itself. <laughs> there is a commonly denied and non-denied story that I think it's Benicio del Toro. I might be pronouncing that wrong. And Scarlett Johansson hooked up in the elevator the night before the 2004 Oscars. Um, Lindsay Lohan has shacked up at the Chateau in the midst of her first drunk driving scandal um, during her public meltdown phase. 
In September 2007, Britney Spears was temporarily banned from the chateau for smearing her face with food, which was disgusting to fellow diners. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Lindsay Lohan was finally banned in 2012. She had been living in suite number 33, but after racking up a 46,305.04 tab on stuff like cigarette candies, iPhone chargers, and copies of Architectural Digest. They had enough. <laughs> so whether it's the famous people that have been known to stay there or not, um, the Chateau Marmont has been known to be haunted and that a lot of strange and unexplainable things have happened, but not a, I feel like not a whole lot has been said. It's just somehow this place always ends up on the list of the most haunted places around the world even. And it makes you wonder, kind of like the Hotel Roosevelt, which we haven't talked about this season, um, but it's haunted because it's like almost like the celebrity guests like to come back and roam now that they're not earthly beings. And I kind of feel like that may be the same thing here. I know a lot of people who have went um, with different like ghost hunting tools, have spotted low temperatures, have, um, you know, gotten the the lights to raise on the what is it called, like the MF reader or whatever it is. <laughs> um, they have felt like different presence of beings, I guess. I feel like it's a really cool place when it comes to the history. I wish that there was a lot more stories about what makes it so spooky and haunted now. But I think the matter of it is that it is the, you know, the souls of or the spirits of these past celebrities kind of coming back to a place where they probably had a lot of fun. And I mean, the walls hold the secrets of this place. So that might be why we also don't hear about all the encounters. Maybe the Chateau Marmont's like, you know what? We let so much shit go on here. Like we're keeping the haunted stories in, you know, the nutshell as well. Like we're not letting everything out. Um, but there is only one story that I really have come across. There is one familiar person that you can or you may bump into when you're staying. One of the celebrities who stayed and never left, the comedian John Belushi himself. So as you guys know, he did die in the hotel of an overdose in 1982 in Bungalow 3. The most insane story of this place being haunted that has been revealed and put out there was from a family that had temporarily moved out of their house that was being remodeled into Bungalow 3 where John had died. And this happened in 1999. They were staying there and the family's two-year-old son was often found laughing and giggling by himself. When they would ask him what he was laughing at, he would respond, the funny man. Never knowing what he was talking about, the mother was flipping through a book of celebrity guests that had stayed at the Chateau Marmont, and the boy pointed out John Belushi and exclaimed, the funny man. How insane is that? So I feel like that's confirmation confirmation enough that this place has some like haunted presence presence to it. But it looks like it's not anything bad though. It looks like a happy spirit who is still roaming the walls or bungalow three and is making a little two-year-old boy giggle and laugh, which I think is kind of sweet but very um disturbing at the same time. <laughs> 
time. <laughs> oh, I guess I could be a worse spirit though. You gotta gotta look at the bright side. Uh, John, I did want to read about John Belushi. If you didn't know, he was an American actor, comedian, and singer, and one of the seven original cast members of NBC sketch comedy show Saturday Night Live. But yeah, I just think that's so crazy. The funny man. Um, some other little celebrity stories from the Marmot I'm seeing is. In a classic Hollywood style, Jean Harlow of Hell's Angels had a wild affair with Clark Gable at the hotel in 1933 while she was supposed to be on her honeymoon with Harold Rawson, her third husband. After that affair ended, she would allegedly leave message at the front desk saying, gone fishing, when she went on to hunt for men to bed. Man. Elizabeth Taylor nursed Montgomery Cliff back to health. After being involved in a nearly fatal car accident, Montgomery Clift was saved by none other than Elizabeth Taylor. The story goes that after his accident, she pulled a tooth out of his tongue when he started to choke on it and then nursed him back to health inside the walls of the Chateau Marmont. That is insane. Oh my god, this one. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan tried to sleep with James Franco. The story is a little on the maybe, maybe not side of the secret history of the Chateau Marmont, but Lindsay Lohan did tell everyone that she slept with Franco, and he told everyone they did they didn't by way of writing a short story about the non-event. <laughs> oh, it says news that Dennis Hopper had a fifty-woman orgy at the Chateau Marmont isn't really that crazy. Well, it is crazy, but he's Dennis Hopper, so you kind of expect that kind of behavior. Also, what hotel room can fit 51 people? Oh my god. Another sad one, prior to his death, Heath Ledger was zipping from coast to coast and using all the drugs that come to someone of his stature. Unfortunately, he was caught on camera at a party in the hotel snorting cocaine that someone handed him. On the tape, he can be heard saying, I'm going to get seriously shit for my girlfriend. We had a baby three months ago. I shouldn't be here at all. Very sad. Apparently, Billy Idol had some fun at the Chateau Marmont. After releasing White Wedding, he smashed up his Marmont bungalow and stood naked on his balcony as police responded to calls from the hotel. However, they were responding to calls about John Belushi and not the singer. David Arquette um, actually climbed through a window in order to get a whiskey Coke. <laughs> Jen Hoffman, the former contestant on the Apprentice was kicked out of the hotel after she wouldn't stop tweeting. She was tweeting all about Rachel Hunter getting wild at the hotel, so the staff of the Marmont banned her for a year. Yeah, they're really strict, but that's how they keep their, you know, the celebrities feeling safe. Um, when Courtney Love is telling you to get your act together, you know something's gone wrong in your life. Sure, it's true for Peaches Geldof. Love said that in 2010, um, she kicked Geldof out of her hotel room when she showed up with 500 prescription pills. Apparently, Salma Hayek in 2009, while the, oh, act, while the actress was trying to get dinner at the Marmont restaurant, she was denied a table, so she flipped out and started cursing at the hostess in Spanish. Oh, the list goes on and on and on, guys. There's so many secrets in this wall, on these walls. Um... And yeah, 
let me know if you know of any other stories of what makes it so haunted. I definitely feel like I just was racking my brain with this one. I feel like the history is so interesting and worth sharing. And the fact that everyone, you know, tons of people that go there, they actually feel the presence of spirits and spiritual beings being there, that it's worth the mention. It is one of the most haunted places, I guess, in the LA area. But um, the only ghost that's really been talked about is John Belushi. But let me know what you guys think. I hope you guys still enjoyed today's episode. I wanted to get one up, like I said, for Caffeine and Crime's birthday. Really exciting things are coming. I may be announcing them in the next episode. We will see. It should be in the next few episodes at least at some point. But I'm really excited about it. And I cannot wait for you guys to see what I've been working on. Um, a lot of things have been in the work. You guys can definitely find me on other platforms and such. Um, but Caffeine and Crime is on Instagram at Caffeine Crime Podcast. You can follow there to know when episodes go up. I always have a blog that goes up the same day with pictures and anything like that that I need to add to the story. We only have a couple episodes left of this season, but I hope that you guys have a very good New Year's Eve. Stay safe and um, start the new year off great. Let's kick this year in the ass and make it a good one. We, <laughs> I just seen the meme 2020 is turning 21. And so it's like, they're going to be able to, it's going to be able to start drinking. Like <laughs> how, how much worse is you're going to get? So hopefully 2020 can have a drink and chill a little bit. And 2021 can be a good one. <laughs> But I'll see you guys next week with Season 4, Episode 9, I believe. Happy New Year!